0: Welcome to episode 000.5 of the Discerning Geeks Portal. Recorded almost three years ago, on June 17, 2020, this is the second of two practice sessions Dave, Dave, and Todd, recorded before publishing their review of The Martian, as their episode number one. The theme of this episode is getting to know the hosts and what they wanted out of making the podcast
1: we are the Discerning Geeks Portal. What makes you a discerning geek?
2: My lawyer has told me that I can't answer that question. We used
1: to play Magic the Gathering. I'm actually looking at the boxes of my magic cards right now.
2: Yeah, we love movies. We, we love fantasy sci-fi. Uh, Greek
3: culture. Now we're starting a fraternity. We're very stylish.
2: And so you're just going click, 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 click. <laughs> you have a list. <laughs> Busters, the Matrix.
3: 5. Uh, Deep Space Nine. Conan the Barbarian. Quantum Leap.
2: Critters,
3: Gilmore Girls. Parenthood. Killer Clowns. Gremlins. The West Wing. Green mile and firefly
2: you just go get the pizza dead poet society jeez guys
1: oh captain my captain almost getting choked up just talking about it.
2: charles dickens did it best
1: laugh every day
2: don't call my mother something because you know i'll hunt you down i think we all know that
3: a little strange and a healthy lack of
2: bears you leave going well that sucked it may be something stupid and this sounded like fun because this with my buddies
0: the discerning geeks portal
1: now recording And we're off. We're (laughs) heading into the unknown. That
2: is the dumbest thing, (laughs) sir.
1: Starting our podcast. Um, This is the Discerning Geeks Portal. And we are here to discuss all things geek. Now recording. Now recording. We have Dave, David, and Todd. And we are the Discerning Geeks. Hey, guys. Hi. How's it going? Good. What's up? Oh, we're here again. How's it going? (laughs) Meh. Everybody's surviving. We're all here. We're ready to get this thing started.
2: I'm still shopping for a cave, yes.
1: Did you say shopping for a cave?
2: I'm shopping for a cave. If anybody knows where a cave is that I can rent for cheap or can just take over, let me know because I'm pretty sure the world's going to hell. And uh, yeah, I just want to be a hermit and be left alone.
3: (laughs) Do they list caves on
2: booking.com? I don't know. I'm just I'm looking through Zillow right now and I don't see anything.
1: It's, I don't I don't I didn't never see any on Zillow. I don't think Zillow's your your right place there.
2: I mean they've got empty lots, so I'm thinking, hello cave, hello. Got very big. Some with hot and cold running water. That's all I'm asking.
1: And internet. Right? Yeah. You yeah. gotta have the internet so you can and Netflix. Uh,
2: so. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but and, I have books, he- so it's not too bad. And a
3: healthy lack of bears. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, no, because if they're hibernating, they make good comforters.
1: Yeah. Hell no, that's a dangerous way to go. That's a
2: dangerous just saying, way to go. I'm just saying, they don't wake up very often. What were you we talking about? Right.
1: We are the discerning geeks portal. So, Todd, tell me, what makes you a discerning geek? Okay, well, uh, I actually have a few definitions of the word discerning. Nerd alert! I knew uh, you would. I almost <laughs> looked it up myself, but I said, nope color <laughs> prepared.
2: <laughs> Are they color-coded?
3: So, uh, so, so discerning means things like showing insight and understanding, having or revealing keen, uh, keen insight and good judgment. Showing good judgment, especially about style and quality. Uh, I don't know about the style part, but um, so very I very stylish. That- <laughs> so I know that everyone's opinion is unique and, and judgment when it comes to geeky things or really anything is is still subjective. But I believe that I, I, I do a pretty decent job and at being able to know and explain the reasons why I like or dislike things. And, and I think all three of us are good at that. So I, I, I think that's what uh, makes us uh, discerning geeks. And I, I think that we'll do a pretty decent job of that on this podcast being able to list reasons why something is good bad or somewhere in between no definition of geek i think we all know that (laughs) but no no you're right i probably should have looked that up too but no i didn't
1: i I thought that
3: word was a little more self-explanatory
1: i got you i got you no i agree i agree i think uh all of us bring in a lot of of discernment a lot of critiques of what we like and what we think of in that greek culture and uh i think that's why i don't say greek did i say greek i may have (laughs) geek (laughs) culture There's the first edit. (laughs) It's
2: like, like, wow, Greek. Wow. I just Greek culture. Now
3: we're
1: starting a
2: fraternity. (laughs) What's (laughs) up, my brother?
1: What about you, Dave? What makes you discern or how would you describe your discerning geek? Uh,
2: My lawyer has told me that I can't answer that question. (sighs) (gasps) Out of safety for certain individuals that should not be named.
3: Wait a minute. Were we supposed to consult lawyers before? I did, oh, well, you know
2: <laughs> just uh, not stupid,
1: so let's do define that that not necessarily the term geek, but what we think makes up that geek culture. What are some of the things that fit into that that definition of geek that you all think about, Dave, give me something that you think of when you think of geek,
2: oh well, you know a geek's anybody that's very passionate. A particular thing, you know, it doesn't even matter what it is. And a lot of people are geeks. that don't even realize they're geeks. You know, if you're a sports fanatic, that's usually the proper term that people use for somebody that really enjoys sports. But really and truly, when you break it down, you're also a sports geek, because that's your passion. That's the thing that you you freak out on. That you get really excited when people are like, "Yeah, I, I like basketball" or "I like baseball," and you're like, "Oh my god, so are you I blah 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 blah," and you start your voice raises and you start running three thousand miles a minute when you're trying to talk. That's your geek. Um, and so, even so what though, gets
1: you going? Tell it, me what gets you going.
2: Well, I mean, you know what? it's what gets the reason we're doing this. You know, you know, we love movies. We we love fantasy, sci fi. Uh, uh, it's not always that, but. You know, those are definitely big things that that get us going, but you know, I'm also a history buff, you know? I love history. So history can get me going just as much as, you know, geeking out over like Star Wars, which I'm a huge Star Wars geek too, so but history can do the same thing. And it's if you really look at it, that's like two polar opposites, but I'm still a geek when it's when I get to talking about them.
1: All right, all right. Todd, what 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 gets you going? What gets you excited about that geek
3: yeah, well first I, I think Dave's uh concept of this is correct that anybody can be a geek about anything. But I, I think the classic definition usually does steer toward sci-fi, fantasy, things that um that basically just go outside the the norm, not uh not mainstream, not just drama or comedy, but things that are so, that are sometimes referred to as speculative fiction, which means, which means thinking or talking or, or about things or viewing things that are about either some other world or the future or the past, uh, another dimension, uh, a different kind of technology, maybe a post-apocalyptic realm or something like that. Not just your normal, everyday type of lifestyle.
1: I got you. I got you. I agree with both of that. I'll even throw in there because I just want to make it plain, right? We we got it all, you know. We've got our weekly D and D that we play. We read sci-fi books and talk about them. Um, Todd, not as much as Dave and I. There goes any
2: chance I had of finding a hot chick that liked (laughs) podcasts on TV?
1: Uh, you know, person,
2: never mind screw that guy and,
1: you know we got Todd going to the dragon cons we got you know um, there's got-
2: any chance of finding a hot podcast girl just cause you're not- married doesn't mean you gotta ruin it for the rest, of the, rest of the rest of us I'm just saying okay
1: you know it's been years but we used to play Magic the Gathering uh, you know we, we had it all you know we got that whole um,
2: Todd whole- am, am I the only one that's just wants to punch him in the face right now <laughs>
1: No, no. Okay. Wait, wait. <laughs> uh, you own it, right? You own it, right? Yeah, yeah.
3: I guess. Yeah, Yeah. okay. Uh, well,
1: so yeah. Never
3: um, I'm actually looking at the boxes of my magic cards right now. You still have yours.
0: I
2: think yeah. I still have mine. I just got to find oh.
1: them.
2: But oh, we I, can't I, use them. Technically, none of them are legal anymore. We started, know, we started when magic actually started.
1: Yep. I have yep. original
2: lands. If, if, you, if you really want some, call me.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I sold all mine years ago because you know I'm married and have kids and need money. So <laughs> yeah, it, well, I, uh, I'm actually wondering if any of mine are, are worth any money. But uh,
3: without going into any detail and steering off on another subject, you know there were seven particular cars that got banned recently, and that's why I got mine out. I was kind of curious. Do I have any of those?
2: And yeah, I have two of them. So oh, people pay out of the nose. The, the, the banned
1: ones are the ones that go up the most.
2: And for yeah. and to be feeling honest. They don't make original lands anymore, from what I understand, like what we have. And so, oh, like, really? those cards go for like two or three bucks a piece. Wow. And so, like, you know, I know for a fact I have uh, about 100 or so of those. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, what were we talking about? Right, right, right.
1: Well, no, yep. So, I mean, but that's what we're going to cover, right? We got movies, we got TVs, we got D and, and other role playing, we got games. Um, I've been even known to play a little uh, Star Wars Destiny at a time or two. Um, So, you know, I think that encompasses what we're looking at and how we're discerning and what we're discerning about as far as being geek. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, You know, as we nail it down a little bit further and get a little more hardcore, um, you know, Todd, in the intro, you talk about uh, watching a whole lot of TV. So, uh-huh. so what, 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 what makes a TV show uh, work for you? What, what do you look for in a TV show? What, what, what clicks? What are you watching and liking? And if you want to throw in some examples of some shows you're currently watching, that's cool too. Probably will not come as a shock to you, but I have a list.
3: Of <laughs> you have a list. <laughs> Uh, current, recent, uh, all time sci-fi, uh, non sci-fi fantasy, but I I assume that's a separate question. Uh, but as far as, uh, what I like in TV shows, I mean, obviously it's going to vary from TV to, to TV show, but I did pick out three things that, uh, that often work for me. I like a big, sometimes sprawling ensemble cast, uh, because I like an assortment of characters and a lot of diversity. So, uh, uh, just a few shows that come to mind are things like Babylon 5, Deep Space Nine, even a couple uh, non-sci-fi shows like Gilmore Girls, Parenthood. You know, shows that have not just your core cast, but then a lot of recurring characters and minor characters and people that are there to just kind of liven up the the background of the environment that you're in. Uh, But then there are always exceptions to that rule, like Quantum Leap. You've got two stars who are in every episode, and everybody else is a guest star in every single episode. Um, Then I also love memorable and quotable dialogue. You know, I, I feel like characters are a driving force of a TV show, but then, of course, you've got the things that those characters say. And I love it when that dialogue is good enough, quirky enough, crisp enough, smart enough, that you don't just soak it in while you're watching it's something that might stick with you and that you might even quote later on uh three three shows come to mind again babylon five also the west wing and firefly and then agree on all three (laughs) yeah yeah and then a third trait that i picked out is a nice mix of geeky stuff serious stuff funny sad quirky stuff I tend to stay away from straight-up comedies because I think comedies are trying too hard to be funny. I prefer my funny to kind of be sprinkled throughout. Uh, in fact, it's kind of one reason why, yes, I loved Battlestar Galactica while it was on, but I don't love it quite as much as most people because that show can be kind of dark and depressing and it doesn't have a lot of of comedic uh, relief in it. Uh, so, I kind of like shows that, even if it has the serious and the geeky and stuff, it's got a little bit of uh funny stuff kind of sprinkled in throughout, and I don't mind a little bit of sad or sappy stuff in there too and I like it when shows get quirky uh so yeah those are those are three traits that that sometimes,
1: like I said, not all the time but sometimes work for me in t v shows I like it I like it Firefly definitely has all those things. Mm-hmm. I would go out fringe I think Fringe had a quirkiness for me to it that I really yeah. enjoyed. When it came, it was on, um, Mr. David.
2: You need to answer this question. I don't watch TV.
1: Uh you watch some TV. Well, you know, you really don't. <laughs> Not really.
2: <laughs> Not really. I mean, like, I like Fringe, but I pretty much only like Fringe because you guys were like, "Have you seen?" Fr-? So I watched on Netflix. Like, that was awesome. Um,
1: Even binging on Netflix counts though, because we were just talking about Star Wars. Oh, sorry, I said Star Wars, Star Trek, Star Wars, the Next yeah. Generation, right? See, yeah, I gonna, okay, yeah, but, see
2: yeah, but see, that's a little different. Growing up, I watched Star Trek: Next Generation because it was it was good to watch. But see, I'm also the guy that was like, I don't think they ever should have got rid of A Team and Dukes of Hazzard. So I'm not sure if I should on it. <laughs> Just saying.
3: A Team's okay, rocked. I like A Team. But you are <laughs> binge watching pretty much all of Next Generation right now, and didn't you even watch uh, Star Trek Enterprise, which some people don't like? Before yeah, it, the,
2: Now that is, uh, that is that is so, when some something that i will say i didn't watch emprise when it came out because like i said i don't normally typically watch tv usually i'm i'm working on the computer or i'm playing on the computer and so i play a movie because i know that's a long-running thing that i could just keep working at and I only have to get up like a couple of hours to like maybe change something when i saw it was on netflix i did binge watch star trek enterprise and i like i i kind of i which i don't really understand why people didn't like it to start with because i didn't really look at what people said about why they didn't like it But I also don't typically judge things based on previous versions. Because to me, if you have, for example, Star Trek was its own thing. Star Trek Next Generation was its own thing. Yes, it was Star Trek, but it was its own thing. Um, Then Enterprise was its own thing. Deep Space Nine was its own thing. Um, It was in the world of Star Trek, but it, it didn't have to be what You loved about it, which is also the reason why there's certain Star Wars movies that people are like, oh, my God, it's terrible. And I'm like, "Eh, yeah, it's not good, but it's not the trash you're saying it is because. There are certain. I might be going off on tangent. There are certain things that become that get created and two of the biggest ones that exist are Star Wars and Star Trek in which what has been created is awesome but what's really been created is a is a universe in which if somebody had the wherewithal and the ability um you can write any movie and put it in the star trek world and it'll work same thing with star wars you can write any kind of movie and put it in the star wars universe and it'll work uh people are so afraid that things have to like fit this or that or what's done before and that's not true um we've often sat around and laughed about how, you know, it would be kind of funny to see a buddy cop movie in the Star Wars universe. You know? Um, we've yeah. laughed about how it would be funny to see a like bank heist movie in the Star Wars universe. Um, and I mean straight up, just take whatever your favorite, you know, like if you like um Die Hard, you should be able to take Die Hard and put it in the Star Wars universe verbatim and you can make it work because it's just simply the scene that it's set in that's what star wars and star trek have has become now is and i know
1: you didn't get to see much of or all of the mandalorian but that's almost their western version right we put a western in star wars there you go right
2: yeah i mean that's basically what it is it's it's like how how can we do an old west show in the star wars universe and that's exactly what the mandalorian is whether you like it or not or whether you realize or not which i think most people did um that the mandalorian is the good gunfighter you know, yep. he's he's the man in black, you know, because in the old in the old West shows, uh, the good guys wore black. But really, truly, most TV I can't comment on, because if I watch it, it's after the fact.
1: Well, and I'm not too far from that myself. There are almost zero shows that I get to watch currently as they come out. Um, now, there are some that I keep up with a little bit more you know i'll I'll binge watch them as soon as the season is over and they're on netflix or hulu or something that i can watch um and there are some that that we uh have talked about and, and really get into um you know kind of one i've been watching recently is the uh the outlander i'll watch that with uh with my wife and and we really enjoy that and we really enjoy even the the sci-fi little bit of sci-fi elements in it with the time travel um but very good character development, lots of, of attachment to the characters. Uh, that's, that's my big go to, whether it's a TV show or a movie. Um, uh, if there's not a character in it that I like and I can like root for and really yeah. want to be a part of, I don't end up watching the show. I don't like it. Some yeah. of the biggest name shows out there, you know, kind of Breaking, Breaking Bad, the, uh, what's the zombie one? Um, the Left for Dead, dead. Not, Walking Dead. Um, I, I I tried very hard to get into them because everybody's talking about them at the water cooler. Didn't care about a single character, so usually I, after about four or five episodes, I'm like not watching it at all.
2: I, I'm sorry, I have to agree with you with Breaking Bad. I do not understand why people thought that that was one of the greatest shows ever. To me, yeah. it was boring <laughs> as shit. I'm sorry. I know a lot of people just turned off the podcast, but I'm not kidding you. Breaking Bad was just the boring, most boring thing I ever saw in my life. That's nothing to be said against the actor that played the guy, because I love that actor. I just didn't like Breaking Bad. Walking Dead, oddly enough, was one of those where I did like for about four seasons. And then I don't know if I just decided I was done with zombies or what, but the story just started getting really confusing and to me. And I just kind of was like, eh. And so I started doing other things.
3: Yeah. No. With this, with this talk of Breaking Bad, I think I can pull some things together. Uh, for me, I, I never even watched a single episode of Breaking Bad, and I was never interested in in doing so. And it's entirely possible that it is as good, if not better, than most people make it out to be. The problem is, if I understand correctly, it is a show about a teacher who gets cancer, so he starts selling drugs in order to pay for his cancer treatment, or something like that. Well, that that's fine. And it may be the best show about that. The problem is I don't want to watch a show about that. And one of the things I feel like makes me a geek is that, and the reason so many of the shows that are on my list are uh, sci-fi or fantasy is because I do want to watch shows about superheroes, about time travel, about spaceships, about space stations, about... Uh, alternate uh, universes uh, about moral and ethical things, but that are told through some kind of allegory or metaphor, which science fiction often does. So that might be a great show, Breaking Bad, but it's not the kind of show... I even feel motivated to start in the first place, and I'm sorry, I I I just can't help it. And you were mentioning characters. I actually have that answer saved for what do we like in uh, movies, and it's the it's the same answer for whether it's movies, TV, books is likable characters. If, if something doesn't have likable characters, I check out. And there there are some things out there that that don't have likable characters or likable concepts for characters. And yeah, I I can't get into those either.
1: What a wonderful way to sum up that answer! Yeah, no, that's perfect. Um, As we kind of move into some movies, we've had conversations here. Uh, I know one of our favorite say phrases, as far as uh, Dave uses it fairly frequently, is "you know, it's a Saturday afternoon movie." But we got to define that. What's a Saturday afternoon movie? Who wants to take that one, Dave? You want to take it?
2: It's my phrase. Go for it. A Saturday afternoon movie typically is a movie that uh, could be a blockbuster. A Saturday afternoon movie does not necessarily mean it's a bad movie. It could be a blockbuster. It could be one that everybody went to go see, everybody thought was awesome, you know, like one of the Avengers movies or something along those lines. But a Saturday afternoon movie typically is also a very entertaining movie. It's usually a movie that's just fun to watch, even though it may not necessarily be good. Uh, we already kind of have talked about this amongst ourselves. Uh, things like Battleship and uh, Battle of Los Angeles. Uh, these movies did not do particularly well in the box office. Uh, they didn't, They a lot of people, for some odd reason, didn't like them. But really and truly, there's still a, um, a Saturday movie in which typically how I describe this is you're sitting at home Saturday. You're either getting ready to play your games or you're just wanting to watch something. Uh, and so you're just going click, 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 click you know, flipping channels to the TV. And then all of a sudden you hit that one channel that has battleship on it, or it has killer clowns from outer space. Cause we were joking about this earlier. Um, <laughs> and you're like, it's killer clowns. And your buddy's like, that movie is trash. And, th- and your only response is it's killer clowns. And the guy still goes, but it sucks. And it's from the eighties. It's about stupid killer clown cannibals from space. And the guys, and you're still like, yeah, it's killer clowns. And then your buddy just kind of looks at it for a minute and goes, fine, I'll make some popcorn. And you watch <laughs> it. That's a Saturday afternoon movie. You don't watch it to really particularly enlighten yourself or get something, anything out of it besides the fact of simply enjoying something stupid or great at home by yourself or maybe with one buddy. Uh, and so that's a Saturday afternoon movie in which – uh it is good enough that when you hit it, you are going to know what is playing no matter what part of the movie is playing and you just stop and you're going to finish watching it because it's there.
1: So in some ways it's almost, it's one of those movies that it's okay that you're not immersed into it. You're not watching it for every line of dialogue or for those right. wonderful scenes. You're, You're watching it because every so often you're going to look at the screen and something funny or something entertaining is going to be on and on. And you just kind of lighten your load. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Okay. Okay. And now I would say that this this, this is a pretty wide genre and that I think for me, this type of movie or the movies that fit in this category can be very personal and very different person to person. Oh, yeah. you know um somebody might you know we we're gonna like the uh kind of ones you've already mentioned or even a um original ghostbusters you know you're gonna yeah. just stop and watch it original um,
2: Ghostbusters, matrix uh yeah conan the barbarian um yeah you
1: know, others may want something you know a little different, you know
2: critters, killer clowns, gremlins, uh green Mile. I mentioned that one uh, yeah. uh you know you're just going to stop and you're going to watch it because you know that no matter how you no matter how much you get distracted, no matter how who calls you, no matter who talks to you, and you're talking back, no matter how much you're laughing over something completely unrelated to the t v you're going to be able to turn back and not go, eh, why am I watching this? That's not going to be your reaction. You're just going to be like, oh, okay, yeah. I'm, and it doesn't matter. You'll still watch it.
1: But in many ways, it's also that movie that, you know, if you've ordered pizza and the pizza shows up, you don't even really pause it. You just go get the pizza. You know, when you come back, it doesn't matter where it's at. You don't really care. It's like, I didn't miss anything. You know, or if something really big happens, and you're like, "Oh wait, I got an opportunity to go out and get some nice dinner," I ah, shoot, I'll, I'll see it again in a couple of weeks when it's on again for another Saturday.
2: It's it's Annie M or whatever it is, Annie. It's Annie. It'll be on. Yeah, they'll they'll do a repeat.
1: What takes a movie from like Saturday afternoon into like a good movie? What's going to make your blockbuster? What's going to make your Tom Hanks? You know,
2: <laughs> in many uh-huh. cases
3: that's true <laughs> yeah actually casting will do it sometimes yeah uh,
1: oh, i'll be yeah. honest i just watched him doing um the the mr rogers neighborhood the welcome whatever that sh- movie was that they did about mr rogers yeah that's fantastic yeah um Have yeah, you seen so
2: yeah. Mister banks were they talking about yep. Saving Saving trying, to, trying to do <laughs> mary poppins oh my god that's like the most amazing thing ever
1: yep you know, Tom Hanks is, yeah casting is big. I think casting is one of those things that can a lot of times make or break a movie.
2: I'm very excited to see the new like World War II when he's getting ready to do. I think that was going to be awesome too. But anyway, yeah, casting is important. I think it still comes down to character development, like Todd was saying. Um, I'm a firm believer that the the characters in some way, shape, and form grow in the film. If they, it's just like when you read a book. The reason you remember certain things you read and the reason you remember certain movies you watch is because there will be a character or the antagonist or protagonist, whoever it is, sometimes it's one or the other, will, you will connect with that person. And if you connect with that person, then that begins the aspect of you paying attention to that character. Uh, when you pay attention to that character, if that character does not evolve by the end of the story or the end of the movie, typically... You leave going, well, that sucked because it might have been a very fun sci-fi pew pew laser beams all over the place movie that was great action film. But you still end up feeling disappointed because we as humans tend to want to see our character, either the villain or the hero, grow in some way. Um In which they either rise to the occasion, perhaps, if it's like a straight action film where, you know, does the hero stand against the villain? Um, Or, you know, does the person grow? Does he, you know, like uh, Charles Dickens did it best with almost every story he wrote. You know, Uh, he just did it almost blatantly obvious where, you know, you have, you know, Christmas Carol. Everybody knows the story of Christmas Carol with everyone his screws absolute just horrible person did not care about christmas whatever but he the character grows even though he's visited by three ghosts and it's all these kind of spooky things going on for the time the character grows everybody grows uh almost n- there's almost no character in the stories of christmas carol that does not grow you do have some yep. that remain constant but that's because they're not directly involved and so they're supposed to remain constant but that's one of the reasons why that story is so timeless, because we all know, and this is one of the things Charles Dickens was very great for, a lot of his characters are not, they're obviously not real people, but what they are is they're real, they're things that live within people. Um, Ebenezer Scrooge is Charles Dickens' representation of greed. We all know somebody that's greedy. We all know somebody that's like that. Um we know a person like Bob Cratchit, who is a very uh, good family man, um, tr- trying to do his best, working for a living. We can all connect with that character. There's almost no character in a Charles Dickens novel that you don't connect with. And so by the end of the story, when you see things turn out for the best or the characters grow, it's one of the reasons why that story lasts so long. And it's the same thing with a lot of the movies we watch and a lot of the TV we watch. If the characters do not go anywhere, it doesn't make it. Um, Of course, that also has to deal with a lot of good writing where, you know, does do the writers do a good enough job to do that without slowing it down because, um and Todd probably has a list, but you know, there's a lot of movies we watch where it's great and it's awesome. And then all of a sudden there's like a big, huge, for whatever reason, there's like 15 minutes of plot exposition or something. And, it's either where they forgot to keep people caught up, or they have to catch people up. And sometimes, if they don't do that correct enough or in the right proper way, you can get bored in that too, where you're just like, "Ugh." Yeah. Where are we at?
1: Yeah, I am anxious to hear Todd's list because I know that there's a list here of things that he looks at in a movie.
3: Mm-hmm. So good things would be uh, likable characters, as I've already mentioned. Yep. Good dialogue. I think I mean I've already mentioned that too uh, in reference to TV. So some of my likes carry over from. Uh, TV to movies. Uh, Pacing, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean... It's something that has to be fast-paced. It just has to not have boring spots, or or if it does have slow spots, they need to be meaningful in a way where you don't mind that it's slow. And then there's something that I don't know what else to call it. It's moments. You know, you have, especially in the genre that we're talking the most about, sci-fi and fantasy, of course you're going to have... Spaceship battles and battles between people on horseback, uh, launching fireballs at each other. And, and, uh, so you're going to have all that geeky stuff and you're going to have all the geeky dialogue about future technology or magic spells or stuff. But then there are just these human moments that kind of remind you what a movie or TV show is for in the first place and just make you either feel better or sometimes sad or maybe even angry but for the right reasons and uh sadly i don't have a lot of examples of this but two that i did come up with both come from lord of the rings return of the king Uh, i was so hoping
1: you were going there
3: (laughs) (laughs) oh really okay (laughs) Uh, one of them is that moment that it's gandalf and i think pippin Sometimes I get Merry and Pippin confused, but I think it's Pippin. And they're both in this battle at Minas Tirith, uh, but there's a lull in the battle. Uh, they're be- they've been able to barricade a door nearby. And so they're both just sitting there across from each other. And they're kind of speculating, you know, is this going to be our finish? Or are we going to die? And Gandalf, I don't remember the exact lines of dialogue, but he says something about uh, about what is beyond, what is a beyond the sea. And he starts talking about things and he mentions white shores. And Pippin just says, Well, that doesn't sound so bad. And that is just, I, I'm almost getting choked up <laughs> talking about it. It's <laughs> no, just one of those nice human moments that says all this battle, all this crap with orcs is, is worth something. Uh, but even better than that, is also in that same movie. It's later, after all the battles are over. And uh, I won't be too specific in case somebody still hasn't seen that movie for some reason. So I won't be too spoiler. but somebody gets crowned king. And that person... No. <laughs> you, know how, you know how I am about spoilers. yup, yep, yep, yep.
0: Damn it, Todd!
3: <laughs> so somebody who has just been crowned king walks over to these four hobbits. And the four hobbits pay their deference. They're about to bow down to him. And this is quite possibly the best moment in cinematic history. And I am almost getting choked up just talking about it. And the king says, my friends, you, you bow to no one.
1: No, no, I'm with you. No.
3: And he bows to them. He actually gets on a knee and so does everybody else. The entire kingdom of humans, all the elves, all the dwarves, they get on their knees to the four hobbits. And that is what I define as, as a moment. And it's, it's those little moments that just stick with you that make a movie or a TV show worth it. Kind of like, I know this isn't a sci-fi example, but the very ending of... Uh, well of course I forget the name of but the Robin Williams movie where he's a teacher, he's an English teacher, and it's oh, at the captain, end of Captain My Captain. Yeah, at my captain, my captain. I know this yeah. is Oh, Dead that really, poet yes, Society. Dead Poets, Jeez, <laughs> guys. I, I know I have brain farts. Sorry. But it, <laughs> when when everybody stands on, on the desk and, you know, that's one of those moments that I'm talking about, it, it makes a movie stick with you. Because when you think about it, when you watch a movie or you watch a TV show, you're basically just being lazy, sitting there just watching and listening. But if it's going to make it worth it and... And enrich you, and stick with you, and maybe even teach you a lesson. A, a movie or TV show needs to have those moments that that you remember, and that uh, they, that kind of make just sitting there and being lazy worth it. Uh, and that actually add to your life, and and actually add to culture. Because we all, am, no matter what our interest is, even if there are people out there who who don't like the the geeky stuff that we're in. They do like the mainstream stuff like Breaking Bad. That's fine. As long as they get something out of it and and it's those moments that 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 make a difference, especially since so much that happens in TV show and movies is also transitional. You know, just people driving a driving in a car or you know establishing shots there's so much uh time that's spent just kind of getting you from point a to point b, but it, you need to slow down every once in a while and and have those moments that uh that make something meaningful so there's one other thing on that list, and that is uh endings oh, yeah. one thing that bugs me about movies is that some of them don't know uh don't know how to end. Some movies, they don't have an ending, they just stop. Uh, and so I like it when a movie has a nice way of wrapping things up and it doesn't have to put everything in, in, uh, into a nice little bow, but there needs to be just enough closure that you don't feel like anything is missing. There was uh, like a
1: really popular TV show out for about seven years that had that problem. Let me think about that for a little while. Oh, so never
0: mind. <laughs> a special
2: episode. Don't tell people about that. <laughs> Blowing the ending
1: of a six-year love affair, <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: seven-year love affair, and then suddenly it wasn't even like I'm taking the kids going home. I should have been. Bitch was gone. Sorry, beep was gone.
1: Yep. Yep. <laughs> Took your car.
2: Down. I didn't even throw myself on the front yard. They just, you know, burnt the whole house down and said, hey, hey, hey. kept running. <laughs> Where's the dog? It's in the back seat.
1: You're sorry. right. We probably should save that
2: for another yeah. episode.
1: Sorry. John. Good, good example oh. of blowing an ending, yep.
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh oh, oh no, 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 I was done. That was that was it.
1: No, no, I I Definitely want to go back because as you started talking about kind of those moments, the first thing that popped in my head was the exact same scene from Lord of the Rings. Uh, And I, I too, just get choked up every time I think about it. And I think I hope that in my life I can watch that movie a hundred times. And every time that I will have a tear in my eye when that um, when we get to that scene, because it does. It's it's a defining moment and and they are important. Uh, so often movies forget about that or even even tv shows There are tv shows that do a really good job of putting those moments in there um and they they make uh, the show really worth it um, yeah
3: and I, well i have a non-sci-fi example of that another scene that that always gets to me and yes this is a girly show but every once in a while i'll you know among all the sci-fi and the west wing and stuff like that i'll fit in a girly show, Gilmore Girls. And it's the season three finale when uh, the teenage Gilmore girl, uh, Rory is uh, is graduating from high school and she's a valedictorian so she's giving her valedictorian speech and in that speech she's talking about her uh, her grandparents how they're her pillar of strength and everything and the whole point of the show is about her and her mother being best friends and so then she goes on to talk about, uh, about how much her mother is, is her best friend. I don't remember the exact dialogue but that's another one of those things that, that gets to me. There's just something about the way she says it and then of course there's a comedic moment after that where where her mother and her mother's friends and her, and her grandparents who were there uh, to, to, to see the graduation, they're starting to cry and they're saying, I'm not crying, you're crying. And, but there's, <laughs> there's, that moment always gets to me too. And just like you said, it, I, I, th- that was a really good way of saying, it. I hope I, I, if I see those things over and over again for years and years to come, I hope those scenes never, never fail me on, on, on getting to me in a good way.
1: One of the, um, and this I'm going to kind of use to segue into our next little segment, Um, one of the life lessons that I've tried to use periodically throughout my life, and I use it whenever I'm mentoring someone, Um, one of my heroes, he was a coach for North Carolina State basketball, Jim Valvano died from cancer. Um, and he gave a very empowered speech about never giving up. A lot of people know that or are very aware of the speech and have seen it throughout history. He was ESPN, you know, commentator before he died. But he, he gave his, his three things that you should do, try to do every day. Um, and one of them is to, you know, feel something and be moved by it every day, even to the point of tears. Yeah. You know, laugh every day. Find something that's humorous and that you can laugh at. And then the last thing is to just learn something and to expand yourself. And he goes, if you do all three of these things every single day, at the end of your life, you're going to have something good. Um, and so kind of as we're putting this podcast together, I think to me, that's the driving force of what we're looking for. You know, in a way, can we give you something to laugh at? It may be something stupid, but it doesn't matter. If you laugh, that's great. You know, hopefully we can do help that facilitate that in some way, shape, or form throughout the the forty five minutes hour that we're on here. Um, you know, I don't know how often we're gonna move you to tears, but hopefully we can lead you to some of those moments that maybe will lead you to being emotional and really getting in a moment, even to the point of maybe being moved to tears or lead you to a a movie. If you have not seen that scene in Lord of the Rings. You, you definitely need to go and you need to yeah. just stop everything and pay very uh, close attention. Um, now you can't just watch the scene because the scene is the culmination of all that these people have been through, you know, everything that the, the, the hobbits have gone through in their, um, in their journeys, uh, which accumulates into what, like seven hours of movie theater. <laughs> but anyways, um, uh, you know, and, and it, it's culminates in that point. Um, and then, uh, yeah. learn something yeah yeah we're, well, we're going to try and, to teach
3: <laughs> yeah and i like you you bring up that that uh that coach's speech because uh you know what what he says about moving you uh just to prove just how geeky i am about tv i have yet another non sci-fi <laughs> example that is very similar to that <laughs> it was either this it was the season finale to either ally mcbeal season 1 or ally mcbeal season 2 but somebody had told her character that Your whole year is not a waste if you can both laugh and cry about the year. So, you know, Allie McBeal incorporated a lot of music. So there was this music montage where they showed several scenes of stuff that had happened throughout the year. And I'm pretty sure this was season one. And so it's all this stuff that Allie McBeal is remembering in her head. And when they get done with the flashbacks, it's a shot of her in her office and she's both laughing and crying at the same time. And, and I just thought that was kind of pointy. It kind of fit with what you were talking yeah. about.
1: So I want to wrap this up because we're hitting to that that timeline and that, that point where we need to, um, and I want to just kind of wrap up with, again, kind of um, what we each want, um, what, to, what we personally want to get out of this and what we hope others get out of it. Um, i'll I'll go ahead and start because i've already kind of did with what i want others to get out of it i do i want to make you laugh i want to make you cry i want to make you learn that's kind of pretty much to the point and all i can uh, all we can hope for um and then the same thing for myself Uh, we we started off doing this just so we could kind of get to know each other we know each other really well because it's been many many years together
2: um uh, a quarter of a century Uh, yeah I was like where have you been
1: (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and uh just be able to spend time with each other and do those things laugh together cry together learn together
2: there was about an eight year hiatus there
1: yeah that was called wife wife number one Uh, (laughs) um sorry
2: (laughs) number one remember we were talking about about how he just burnt the house down took <laughs> took the, drug and the dog. That's her. Any moving on. Uh,
1: who wants to go next? Anybody?
2: Uh, sure. Okay. Go ahead, Todd. No, 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 go ahead. No, 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 no. Feel free. <laughs>
3: okay. Uh well, uh in a way we might have already addressed it, so this is more of a, a summarization. But um like I said at the very beginning, I think we do a pretty good job of talking about the good stuff and the bad stuff in, in movies and TV shows and and, and being fair. Um, I want us to have a good, polite discussion, which I don't think that'll be a problem between the three of us, uh, but also an analytical dist- uh, uh discussion and a, a constructive form of criticism because you know there's a lot of nastiness out there in the world um and it comes through sometimes in in social media and and the geek sphere. Uh, There's something called toxic fandom, which is something I really want to avoid. And not to say that everything we're going to talk about is is rosy. Yes, there are going to be some times that we might intentionally uh, review some movies or TV shows that we don't like. But part of the purpose of that will be to actually say why. You know, one of the things that bugs me is when I see really vague comments online where somebody says... Uh, oh, that sucks, you yeah that's trash. Well, why is it trash? And and sometimes people even say positive things about it. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, why is it awesome? You know, I, I kind of, you might be able to tell by some of my answers, I'm kind of a detail person. So I'd like to think that through this podcast and the things we'll, we're talking about, that we will, be able to analyze, but also in a fun way, the good and bad of things, and and be able to do so in a constructive manner. And what I'm hoping to achieve, since uh, we probably need to advertise this podcast through, you know, uh, having some kind of email address or uh, a a Twitter account, a Facebook account. You know, we probably need to have some way of getting this podcast out there. There will be an opportunity for people to. Give feedback and 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 comment, and I'm hoping that our audience is just as constructive that we won't have any of those toxic fans that will insult us for for our views because I don't want us to insult other people for thinking differently than than we are. So what I'm hoping to get out of this podcast is a really good dialogue uh, and a really good analysis of what's good and bad, so that let's say we do trash something that somebody likes. They can still say at the end of an episode, okay, I totally disagree with them, but at least I see their point. Um, And in being fair at looking at both sides of things, even if we do uh, review a a TV show or a movie that that we don't like, I still want to have a segment, unless we sprinkle it throughout, I want to have a segment at the end where we actually list some redeeming qualities so that it's just not all bad. And to be fair, nothing is really perfect. So even when we review something that we give a glowing review to, I think it's only fair to have a a section at the end where we say, okay, nothing's perfect. Here are some flaws in that movie or TV show. Um, And then, of course, I want to have fun along the way. I like it. That's it. I like it.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm. Dave's like... I want to just piss everybody off and see how um, many like hate mails I can get.
2: That's that's all nice and happy. Go like and and one French fry or whatever. How many um, can
3: we make people?
2: I, on the other hand, um, it bored easy, and this sounded like fun because it's with my buddies. Um, so I'm going to enjoy it. And if you <laughs> enjoy it, great. If you don't, I don't really care. <laughs> and if you don't like what I think about a movie, I don't care because it's my opinion. and You can have your opinion. Just, you know, don't call my mother something. Cause it's, you know, I'll hunt you down. Um, <laughs> on a more important note though, I've just read that astronomers have found Vulcan according to, according to this little article I'm reading while they were talking and being all happy and go lucky and, and, <laughs> and evidently, astronomers found Planet Vulcan right where their Star Trek predicted at forty. Uh, mm-hmm. What is it? Erendi a
3: uh, Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, S- Aridani.
2: Aridani. Yeah. Hey. Supposedly, they pointed like the they're like little uh, planet. Does they found a super Earth orbiting? So we. Hey, who knows? I, maybe maybe we'll not, have pointed Your guys show up pretty soon. Just saying.
3: I'm not positive, but that might also be the star for either the Centauri or the Minbari in Babylon 5. I can't remember.
2: Well, yeah, yeah. Alpha Centauri would be where the Centauri's are from.
3: But uh, Well, not necessarily. Alpha. Centauri- I, I don't
2: know. I can't remember.
0: Todd got his stars confused. Dave was right that 40 Erydini is the Vulcan star in Star Trek. Epsilon Erydini is the neutral star system home of the space station in Babylon 5. Some online sources list Chidra and Zeta Tukani as the star systems for the Manbari and Centauri homeworlds in Babylon 5. But, Todd could not find that information in the official Babylon 5 encyclopedia, nor the Lurker's Guide Online. So that's probably not canon information.
2: Alpha Centauri is their closest star, and this one's 16 light-years away, which is not Alpha Centauri. But it's close. Yeah, it's the Dharma Planetary Survey. The international team discovered planet Vulcan. Which now, I don't have a problem with that, but I mean, if it is actually exactly where Star Trek predicted it should be, even though that might be a complete dink, I think they should, I don't know, I, I'm not reading that they actually named it Vulcan. I think if it's there, <laughs> <laughs>
1: might as well. and,
2: and Star Trek was like, yeah, we, we called that Vulcan, and it just happens to be where it is, then you call it Vulcan. Sorry. You gotta do it, man. You know, otherwise... You know, what happens when like, you know, we actually do have a starship and somebody goes out there and they're like, yeah, this is planet Bob, but this is where Vulcan is in Star Trek. Yeah, it's Bob. They, they were just big buttholes that day.
1: <laughs> well, so we still have to wrap up with wrapping up. We have to get ready for our next episode. So we're going to finish each episode with each of us nominating what we're going to review next. Who wants to go first?
3: Is it just one? just one. I, made a, I made a list for this too <laughs>
1: <laughs> well it's you can so go hard. down your list each episode and do another one you know and that way we can <laughs> just gotta start with one though everybody's gotta throw out one does anybody uh have a, a movie a tv show or something that we want to review first
2: sure killer clowns from outer space Mm.
1: Going, sticking with the killer clowns from outer space why not it's i've not seen it you've seen it todd have you seen killer clowns from outer space yet you know i really haven't <laughs> That's good, man. i mean what
3: other movie could you possibly have where clowns
2: have come down kidnapped people and stuck them into the giant cotton candy hanging from the ceiling so they can eat them later See, I, I do,
1: I do actually that one? i do actually have an issue with this one and it's not that i don't want to review it but it's in order to review it i have to watch it And my wife is is terrified of clowns Oh yeah! and I'm not sure when I, and I can't watch it when the kids are awake. So I'm not sure when I'll get an opportunity to watch it in order to be able to review it. Cause yeah, that's going to be a tough one. I'll, I mean, I'll have to just stay up really late one night after everybody goes to bed and, and try to watch it. Cause yeah, I can't watch that with the kids up.
3: With the white room, Todd, you got one. Okay, now this is not exactly sci-fi or fantasy, but in a way, it is. And you did say list just one, and since I have a list, if this if this gets disqualified, I have backups. Toy Story three,
1: is that the latest one?
2: No, Toy Story four.
3: Okay,
2: Toy Story four.
1: Okay, yeah, because I was going to say the last one disturbed me. Yes, Uh, me too. Little literally was a little freaked out about it. Oh. Three was the one in the daycare, right? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
3: But the what reason I mentioned that one is that it is, I think, the best of all the Pixar movies, or at least my favorite of all the Pixar movies. But I've only seen it once. I saw it in the theater and I haven't seen it since. And I keep thinking, oh, I want to rewatch that. That's my favorite Pixar movie. But, you know, you guys were talking earlier about, Dave, you have stuff on in the background. And Dave, you wait until later to watch stuff. I- I'm kind of one of those people, I watch it right away because I, I-, I don't, because I'm terrified of being spoiled on something. So I'll watch it as soon as possible. And then I'm not much of a rewatcher. And so something might be my favorite movie or TV show or whatever, and then I may not see it for years. Toy mm-hmm. Story 3, somebody pointed out the other day on a YouTube channel that I watch, pointed out that Toy Story 3 is 10 years old. Mm-hmm. It's possibly my favorite Pixar movie, and I've seen it once. i wow. have <laughs> got a whole decade not watching it, so I need to force myself to watch it, and if we were to view it for the podcast, that would
2: be a reason to do so.
1: And see, now, my experience with Toy Story 3 is... A you little,
2: watched it approximately 58 times in a month with your daughter.
1: A little strange. I've actually only seen the movie, like, I think twice. Right. But I can probably quote most of the dialogue because they would play it endlessly in the back of the van while I'm driving down the road. Oh. So I hear it, yeah. but I didn't get to see it. And actually, the f- weirdest part is, I think I heard it at least three or four times before I ever saw it. So I'm having to imagine what's going on <laughs> without seeing the pictures just based on the dialogue. And that can be a little weird for a movie like that. I'm just going to tell you, if you watch it blind, I, it, it, it could be a little different. But yeah. yeah, okay, okay. So we got Toy Story 3. We got Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Let's see. Let's go with uh, with the martian martian stranded on mars um so we'll kind of throw that out there since they just found this new star um and we can kind of see which one we want to review the most and we'll do that next week hmm. okay that, that, that that's an interesting choice so we got killer clowns from outer space toy story 3 and the martian very three very different movies, all I think fall in that geek realm. So yes. I think I think we're good with that.
2: Yeah, it uh, sounds pretty good. I, I will also next week explain why watching pants with the sound off also just, but we'll save it for another day.
1: I think you cut out, but a little bit. But I think you said SpongeBob SquarePants with the sound yeah. off is bad, and, <laughs> yeah. and I know that because we've had that conversation. That is <laughs> freaky too.
2: <laughs> if, if you're over the age of eighteen. Just one day, watch Square Square Bo- uh, I can't even say the guy's name. <laughs> SpongeBob Bob. SquarePants. Yeah, SpongeBob SquarePants with the sound off. Just watch it. Just sit there. It's disturbing. It's I don't want
3: to. I don't want to watch SpongeBob SquarePants for the same reason I don't want to watch Breaking Bad.
2: Yeah, but I'm telling you, I don't want to
3: watch a TV show about a sponge.
2: <laughs> There's sometimes. Sometimes. You have to find out just how disturbing something is. And that is just watch it without the sound. I, I,
3: I can tell already just from little things I've seen. It. It, it might be the best, spongiest show about a sponge ever. I don't want to watch a TV show about a sponge.
2: With who, and now he's gay, or that's what they <laughs> say. Anyway, I don't know. All
1: right. On that note, we're going to peace out. Um, tune in next week and figure out which movie we decided to review. And we'll go from there. Sure. Sounds so, good. Good night, good night guys.
2: Night, night. Good
1: night. Oh crap, I can't remember how to turn off the sound.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that needs to be the last line. How do I turn the off? <laughs>